What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Full Court Blitz Sports Show, a show where we talk about the most pressing NFL and NBA news. Uh, welcome again. Welcome back to the show. Hopefully, you all are doing well. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Use the link anchor.fm forward slash Anthony Dash McCulley. That's M C C U L L E Y. Again, that is M C C U L L E Y. When you when you get to that link, make sure to uh, follow the podcast so you'll be notified of every single upload. Also, make sure to share it around as well. I definitely appreciate that. Again, um, you know, don't forget to rate the podcast on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate it. Just lets me know if I'm doing well or not. So uh, hopefully you're all having an amazing morning or amazing day whenever or night whenever you guys are watching this. Um, <clears throat> I guess as I, I, I wanted to quickly say as I'm recording this, um, and I want to say it to you guys as well, a happy national, I guess it's not really national, but happy Mamba Day, Kobe Bryant. So, um, you know, let's get right into it. So, this is actually going to come from the NFL.com official website. Uh, for the first thing, and I was actually really happy to see this because they joined the the NFL actually joins the NBA with this. Zero, uh, zero players have tested positive for COVID nineteen from August twelfth to the twentieth. So, Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's medical officer, announced on today, the day I'm recording this that from the August 12th to the 20th, there were 58,397 administered tests. To the players, there was 23,260 of them. Zero of those tests came back positive. Only six positive cases came from the 35,137 tests to, to other personnel. So having zero cases over that period of time with training camp with training camp already happening that's really good news for for this league if you guys are on the side of wanting football that's something that you're looking forward to and something that you're happy to see uh that's just basically the best thing about that is it just basically lets us know that the protocols that the NFL have put in the NFL and NFLPA have put in place, those are working. And so hopefully we can keep that going. And hopefully, we, you know, we can, um, you know, because the longer that we can get this to keep going on for, the better chance, the better off chance we're going to have come September, come opening weekend, that we're going to, we may not get any fans the first couple of weeks, but, as as long as we keep getting these good this you know these good news of no positive tests, that means the quicker we can get fans back into the stadiums and we'll get a sense of normalcy. I mean that's the same for the NBA. I mean they're what I think five six rounds in now, like five rounds in with no positive tests. That's great news, and this has been the first time for the NFL in a very long time that there hasn't been a positive test over the course of so many days to weeks. So that's really good news to hear. Uh, with the NFL week one just set 17 days away from now, 
these are really, really good news to start hearing. So, obviously, we're looking forward to this stuff. I wanted to go down to here now because it goes on to talk about um, the false positives. So the low false the low positive test led to alarm bells when a lab in New Jersey came back with seventy seven positive results over the weekend. Upon the retesting, it was concluded all seventy seven were false positives. The lab then said that that was attributed to isolated contamination during the testing process. So that was just a little. It was nothing wrong with the test. It was something to do with the process that it went wrong. Uh, it goes on to say that the false positive spike had displayed that the contact tracing and other protocols surrounding the process work. Sills, the officer noted that even a false even if false positive is suspected, the individuals or the individual um, involved will still go through, no matter what, will still go through a um we'll still go through a quarantine process just to make sure because even though it is even though it is um negative no one actually knows that until the test confirms it so until they until it gets that confirmation they still have to go through that quarantine which i think is obviously a good idea because even though it says positive you don't know if it's actually false or not so that's really good news to hear that this is uh, going our way so far, because obviously we all want basketball and football. So, moving on here, I actually saw this. I was, ah, this was, I guess, when you guys were watching this, it was two days ago. On the NFL.com official website, the Washington football team released wide receiver Cody Latimer, who was on exempt list anyway. So, I guess they kind of thought, well, we're not really getting anything out of them right now. But uh, wide receiver Cody Latimer was on the commissioner's exempt list, has been released by the Washington football team. Uh, that cl- The club did announce that on Sunday, which again was two days ago now, as you guys were watching this or whenever. Latimer was just placed on the commissioner's, commissioner's exempt list following a May arrest in Colorado in which he incurred five charges. I actually remember this happening back when it was first going on including three felonies. On May 16th, Douglas County, the, the office responded to shots fired call and Latimer was taken into custody. If you guys remember that, I don't know if you guys remember that far back, but um, he was then charged with three felonies, assault in the second degree, menacing illegal discharge of a firearm and two misdemeanors, prohibited use of a weapon, reckless endangerment. So all very serious things, obviously. So, the Broncos' 2014 second-round pick, the 27-year-old Latimer played the four seasons under Denver before joining the Giants. Latimer played the last two seasons with the Giants and signed with Washington in March. Over six NFL seasons, Latimer has 70 receptions for 935 yards and six touchdowns. So, you hate to see it, especially a, a talent like him. You know, well, you hate to see it in anyone, but, you know, it's, you know, all these guys, they, they just, they make it, you know, the, the problem is, is they get, I, I really don't get it because, you know, they get all of, you know, 
I'm just, you know, they, they, you know, they think that they make it. They come out of college, you're hoping you get that NFL chance, and then you make it. But then you go and fuck it up and do something like this. It's like, for what? For what, for what reason, you know? It's like, I don't get it, because he, he should have thought that, you know, but I think it's, and I, I've always kind of talked about this before, but you know, well, before the podcast, even, I was always kind of thinking before and saying this always, getting fame really does fuck with you, because you, you know, you make the league, or just any league in general, or any sport, and then you think that you're not invincible, but you think that you could just do anything. You know, I've always kind of said that, like, I feel like whenever someone gets fame, they're, they're always, they're great people in high school, they're great people in college. They get that fame stuck in their head and their egos get in the way. And they just, they start fucking up. And it's like, why? You know, so... To me, it's just crazy, man. And I don't, I'm not saying that this was in any way, because I don't actually know this. I'm not saying in any way that I'm, that Cody Latimer, you know, that that was a problem. I'm not saying that his ego got in the way and his fame got in his head and he thought he could do anything and not get in trouble because he feels like he's a hot shit. No, I'm not saying that at all. Um, I'm not simply by any means, I'm not saying that I'm just saying in general, it's just crazy that that stuff actually kind of happens. And so, um, yeah, but usually when guys get stuff like this to happen, they're usually not great. It usually means that they're not going to be really good locker room guys. Sorry about that. Hit my microphone with some water. Hold on. But anyway, so that happened. But I don't know if he'll really get any more shots because usually, you know, like I just said, they don't really think they're good locker room guys after stuff like this happens. It's bad energy. You only want positive energy in those locker rooms. And usually when things like this happen, that doesn't really come out of a, a guy that does stuff like that. But anyway, Brown's rookie safety Grant Delpit suffers torn Achilles out for the year. Man, you always hate to see that with the rookies, man. You know, they, they're coming into the league. You're like, oh, you got all this tape on them. You're trying to figure out what, you know, you're trying to see what they're going to do this season. They're all hyped up. You're hyped about them, for them, stuff like that. And then they go down like this. It always sucks, man. It happens I feel like it happens actually way too often for rookies. It's actually an occurring issue that happens quite a bit, and you would be surprised. Uh, but yeah, this is what they have to say. For the second straight year, the Browns entered August hoping to see a draft pick out of LSU. Man, that seems to be an uh, – forget that. That seems to be an occurring issue for the Browns individually, just as a fan – just as a team. That seems to happen to them every year. Something bad happens with their rookies. But anyway, the Browns entered August hoping to see a draft pick out of LSU rise into the starting lineup in their secondary. That happened with safety Grant Delpit, and he will unfortunately miss all of his rookie season. But, but, 
he will still, but I don't, I know it's for the NBA, but I don't know for the NFL if they're still able to be front runners. I believe they can be. They can still, if they're out their whole rookie year because they didn't get to play, they're still eligible, even though they're in their second season, they're still eligible for rookie awards for the end of the year. So, like, he could still get rookie of the year and, like, all those rookie awards. Like, he'd still be eligible because he didn't, he doesn't get to play. So, that's still probably a good thing for him. So, it just sucks that he's missing that very first year. Uh, today, the day I'm recording this and the next day, the day you guys are watching this, he actually did it the day I'm recording, which is Monday. So, yesterday for you guys. He, he uh, tore his Achilles at practice, actually. And this was also reported by Ian Rappaport. So, he also, Rappaport also reports that Monday evening, the results from an MRI confirmed what Cleveland had been fearing after Del Pitt was carted off the field. So, they were fearing it, and then it happened, essentially. I'll say this last bit of information. Del Pitt's sophomore year at LSU had him going towards a first-round selection, but an ankle injury contributed to a very poorly uh, performed junior campaign, leading to leading to Delpit's slide into the second round of the 2020 draft. Cleveland scooped him up at the number 44 overall. The thing that stinks about this the most is that he was supposed to be replacing the depart recently depart or not recently, but earlier this offseason departed Demarius Randall on the back end of the defense. So that does sting because you think that you get a back you think that you get a new replacement and the next thing you know, just like that, down with injury, and you can't even play him. So it's like, yeah, it'll help me, it'll help us next year, but we still have to go this year. So it obviously sucks. I mean, it seems like I said, it seems to be an occurring issue for the Browns more specifically. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, at least he could still get those rookie awards. So it's probably not something he really gives a shit about. But, um, okay, here's the next thing. So this actually doesn't come as a surprise because it's been happening all over the league. The Ravens will not be having any fans in attendance at M&T Bank Stadium for initial part of 2020 season. So that makes me think initial part. That makes me think probably the first couple weeks, maybe through week four, week three, week four. So the very basically the start of the league, start of the year. Oh, excuse me. So... The franchise announced Monday that games held inside M&T Bank Stadium will be will be sans spectators for at least the initial part of the 2020 season. And this was a statement given by the team on Monday. 
So, quote, even with implementation of advanced safety measures and enhanced COVID-19 protocols, based on the recommendations of public health experts, we have determined that for the time being, it is the best it is in the best interests of the general public and our organization that fans not attend games. Ultimately, the health and safety of our entire community is at the forefront of every decision we make. We all we will always protect the well-being of our fans, players, coaches, and staff. End quote. Baltimore also detailed that it submitted proposals in recent weeks to the offices of Maryland and the Baltimore City Mayor outlining how the stadium could host 7,500 fans. But the conversations with government officials and the experts ultimately led to this decision. I mean, I guess it, it does suck that that was rejected, but I mean, it's just... I mean, you can't really blame them, though. There's just way too much risk involved at this point. You know, at this point, we're going to be lucky to even have a season. So it's like you can't really be, you know, beggars can't be choosers, you know. At this point, we just have to accept what we can get. Like we're, like I said, we're lucky to even possibly get a season. I know we're only 17, well, as you guys are watching this, now 16 days away from the season a lot can happen in those 16 days. It could be on right now, but in the next, in a week or two, it could just be off, just like that. In just one, it, all it would take is the, all, all it would take is Commissioner Gore, uh, all it would take is commission, is the Commissioner to, um, you know, Go up and uh, go in an interview and say the season's off. It wouldn't take them much at all to be able to just say that. So, you know, it wouldn't take Roger Goodell long at all. So, yeah, again, it sucks that they're rejected, but again, we're just lucky with. At this point, we just gotta be lucky with anything we can get. We'll be lucky, like like I said, we'll be we'll be lucky even to have a full season. I'm not sure if we'll even have a full season, but um, I'm sure that will be officially decided in probably the next couple weeks, or maybe, I mean, it might already have been decided, but I guess it could always be changed, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, um, I didn't add the other thing because it kind of ties into this one and I could have just kept this one anyway. So I, I'm just going to include it in this one. But if you guys would like that second one, I, I can give it to you guys. Or you guys could just look at it yourself. Because um, I was going to add both. But I mean, obviously, if it's if the other one is tied into this one and they both like, basically include the same information, I might as well only add the one. So... Lamar Jackson had, and this was actually two days ago that you guys were watching this. It was actually yesterday, though, that the second thing came out. So yesterday it was reported that he is officially back, which would have been Monday, August 24th. The day I'm recording this, actually. He is officially back. This is from the day before, so this is when he he first missed the last two practices. But anyway... 
Lamar Jackson had missed the last two practices with soft tissue injury. And um, it essentially ended with, ended with him having to grow in a dealing with soft tissue injury. And they're airing on the side of caution. Uh, NFL Network's the D.D. Kinkwabala reported this, actually. So, Tom Pilis, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero actually later reported on it, too, with a uh, per and informed source by saying that Jack's that Lamar's absence has been a precautionary has been of precautionary status as he's dealing with a growing strain. I don't know if that is I I didn't think when I was first starting to look at what to record I didn't know if these were two separate injuries because at first it said soft tissue and then it goes on to say growing strain. So I didn't know if the soft tissue thing was of a whole different injury or if that was the soft tissue in his growing causing it a strain. I'm guessing that's what it is. That doesn't actually explain. But um, I will. Uh, don't worry, guys. I will have it uh, posted down below in the description for you guys to uh, uh, look at and read for yourself. So it goes on to say how... Goes on to say that there's no there's no big concerns about the severity of the ailments. Coach, uh, Ravens coach John Harbaugh added that cornerback Marcus Peters and running back Justice Hill are also dealing with soft tissue ailments, but are and also going with the safe route with them as well. Again, here it goes on to say that Jackson is coming off of an MVP campaign in which he led the league with 36 touchdowns, passes, and and set an NFL rushing record for quarterback with 1,206. So, keep an eye on that and see where it goes. I'd imagine he's probably going to be fine considering they said that there is no severity I mean, if he's back again, like I said, if he's back on the day I'm recording this, it's obviously nothing major, just a little, just a little, uh, you know, football's physical, so just a little bit of bumping and bruising, so not a big deal. I think what we're going to do, though, is, okay, uh, well, I guess I'll do this last thing. I'll say this last one, and then we'll go on for a break, actually, because, oh, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. So, next thing here. Washington released, oh, wait. My bad. I put this on here twice. Oops. Yeah, I'll get rid of that then. Okay, well, I guess next thing now. So this was actually pretty big. I guess, you know what? I don't think we're going to do a break. I can. I think I can get through these. Okay. Sixer, and this was actually on usatoday.com. Just letting you guys know. But again, I'll have it listed down below for you guys to read. This is actually pretty big. 
The 76ers fire Brett Brown as head coach after being swept in the first round of the playoffs. Actually, this was Monday, August 24th, the day I'm recording once again. So, on Monday, Brand fired coach Brett Brown. This unsurprising dismissal, I'm not surprised either, comes just a day after the Sixers were swept by the Boston Celtics in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Never mind, I was thinking about a different game. For me, that was yesterday, actually. My bad. Well, this was reported today, so I thought maybe that game was today, but that was actually yesterday. Or I thought this came today, but you guys know what I mean. He got fired today, so I thought it was today. I'll, I'll shut up. Okay. So, obviously now Brand must find that next head coach, and he's actually got some pressure on him now, too. Because he's going to be expected to, from a team standpoint, to find a better coach than Brett Brown. So obviously there's higher stakes now for looking at, for obviously finding a coach. So, and he obviously, like they say, he'll need to find a head coach that can maximize their potential. Or at least the potential the franchise believes exists. And that's championship potential, which is kind of what I was going to lead into next. With Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as the all-stars of the team, the Sixers have two franchise players, but the team regressed the season. Someone had to pay the price, and that first someone was Brown. Obviously. So, okay. So, what I was actually going to get into is I had saw this earlier and I'm trying to remember where I think it might have been somewhere on Twitter. I'm trying to remember where now I've, I've, I saw this at. I was kind of just reading up today on some stuff. I was just, you know, going, just scrolling through social media. And I, I think it was Twitter, but I had found somewhere that talked about and shout out to the person, whoever I saw it from. I don't exactly remember who, but I know it was Twitter. So essentially what had happened was I saw a post that said how um, the trust the process moniker that the 76ers were following for the past three to four years now. Is 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 the trust the process is the trust the process train slowing down, or or better yet, I guess the real question is: Is it coming to an end? And I, I this is where this kind of comes in. So okay, so I think I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to end up taking a break. Because what had happened is is this um, this app I use, it only lets me go 30 minutes to record. And I'm at 27 currently right now. 
So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain myself first. I'll explain myself after we get to a break. And so, yeah, we'll we'll actually be right back. All right, guys, so we're back from that break. I do apologize for that, by the way. I know that was kind of a random break in the middle of talking, so I do apologize for that once again. And I did forget to add that this is the, the, the Brett Brown firing is coming from a actually after a seven season uh, stint with this team, Sixers team. So back to what I was saying, as I do apologize for that once again. So back to what I was saying, though. I saw this on Twitter about is it the end? Is is the trust the process moniker? Is is this really? Is the front of this whole moniker really coming to an end in Philadelphia after coming after this? Well, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, this is something obviously Ben or Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid has been started. He started this three, four years ago. Ben Simmons hopped on the train. It's been going ever since, you know, trust the process to get into the playoffs, make it to the finals, blah, 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 stuff like that. But do I think it's the end? I mean, see, it's hard to say because I want to say no, but a part of me wants to say yes. And I guess the reason why a part of me wants to say yes is because, I mean, look at them. They've been... This is something they've been, you know, Joel Embiid's been saying, trust the process since for four years, three to four years now, you know, and the whole thing thing around surrounding it is making it to the playoffs, getting a deep playoff run, getting to the finals and winning. I just, it's hard for me to want, it's hard for me to just, Tell my it's hard for me to tell myself to say no when I know it's a yes answer. I yes, I guess yeah, I I do think it's no, I do think it's over. And here's my reason. I had to pick one or the other. Here's my reason why. Don't get mad at me, Sixers fans. Here's my reason. Again, they've been chasing this for four years. They've made it to the playoffs. Yeah, they have. What was it? Second, second, third round last year, I believe. Not third round. I think it was second round last year. That was the deepest they've gotten in four years, three, four years over the whole span. There's just way too much. I feel as though they're that type of team where. Every time they get far or they get farther, like last season, I, I I don't exactly remember the players, but I remember last season when they were making these play when they were making this deep playoff run, this run, or not just not even in the playoffs, like just getting there, just getting to the playoffs in general in the regular season. They kept getting all these injuries popping up, and it, it was sure it wasn't their major all-stars. Like, it wasn't 
you know, but obviously Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons would take bumps and bruises along the way, sure. It wasn't them that took the major hits, but their team as a whole would just every, you know, every season they just seem to get these really, these injuries that just hurt them. And again, there's just too many for me to say on top of my head, but you know, obviously, currently, it's Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Like, those two, for example. They just can never catch the break. And I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm saying not even that. I'm just saying also, I feel like they're just... I feel like with the talent in the league outside of the Philadelphia 76ers team, there's just too much talent... And there's too much experience, playoff experience shared between other franchises and other teams around the league and other coaches and other, per, and other staff personnel with way more experience than this whole Sixers franchise has as a whole. You know, so it's, I think that's the main part of my argument is the fact that the experience just isn't there. And, the, you know, they get here. Sure, they get here. But then what happens next? Stuff like this happens. Oh, look at that. They just got swept. It's trust, like, trust the process. It used to be something we believed in. And now it's just something that we laugh at, I feel like. I feel like since last year, this is something we've just laughed at. You know, we took Joel and beat Sears like, oh, shit. He's going to get them to the playoffs this year. Nope. Never mind. That kicked that season goodbye. So it's like, I feel like at this point, like I said, the whole moniker of trust the process, we used to be, we used to be like, we used to get scared by that. We used to really think like, oh shit, he's going to take this team to the finals. And then, and then nothing happens. And then they barely even get out of the first round. Or the barely, you know, the farthest they've gotten is, or they're not even going to make it past the first round. The farthest we've seen them go is the second round, and that was last season, like I kept, like I keep saying. And like I said before, like I said just now too, they make it to the plus, but then they don't even, but then they don't even see the second round. Unlike last season. And more like this season. They didn't even see the second round. They didn't even get to see the second round of the playoffs. So it's like, how, you know, how much longer, I guess what I'm trying to really say is, how much longer can this really go? How much longer is Ben Simmons going to, or why I keep saying Ben Simmons, how much farther is Joel Embiid going to take this for him to want to say, oh, you know what? Never mind. Like, this isn't working. Again, I apologize for that, guys, for that little mess up there. But, again, I don't know. I don't think... I think he... I think a part of him might be thinking about saying... About getting rid of the trust the process thing. A part of me thinks it's got to be going through his brain... But another part of me thinks he might be trying to hang on to it. 
But I, I, I want to say, and I don't know this for with certainty. I think though, he might be more about. He might be more or less thinking. I'm gonna get rid of this moniker. More than, I'm gonna hang on to the belief. He ain't gonna admit it because he's on the team, but he damn well knows what this team really hasn't accomplished. He knows what this team has and hasn't accomplished. He knows how far they've gotten. They've clearly got the potential to get there. But also, unlike, you know, from last season to this season, there's a difference. Last season, second round. This season, a complete sweep. Didn't even win a game. They took a huge step back. And it's not even close than last season. Last season's Sixers team could have killed this season's Sixers team. In a five-on-five. It wouldn't have been close. Not even close. And I'm going to include... I'm even going to go ahead and include... Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I'm going to say forget those injuries in that... In in that... In that matchup. I would... I would keep them in. And they'd still get killed. So... But yeah. Again. I don't know... How much longer he's going to carry this on. Like I said... He's on the team... So he isn't going to say something to get him shitted on in, in social media. He ain't going to say something like, oh, I'm going to get rid of the trust the process moniker. He maybe slowly start to regress from saying it like in, like in public and in interviews and stuff. Because he used to be really known for doing that. It was trust the process this, trust the process that. He might, he might not physically come out and like say it. Straight up, but I think he's if he if if that is what he's thinking, and he knows it's true, and he ain't gonna shy away from it. He's gonna slowly start to regress from saying it. He's gonna start saying it less and less. Hopefully, people don't really notice, or he might not care, and he might never say it again, because he hasn't really come out and said it a whole lot recently, in like recent memory that I know of. But yeah, so th- that's that. Let me know down in the, uh, let me know when I post my socials, let me know after you guys read this, after I post it on there too, let me know what your guys' thoughts and opinions are, and let me know too. Send me a message on any of the social links that I, I post, you know, the Instagram, the podcast Instagram page, my personal the podcast Facebook page, my Twitter, any of those will work. Let me know your guys' thoughts and opinions on anything that we talk about after you guys read everything that I'm reading to you right now. Let me know what your guys' thoughts and opinions are. I'd love to interact with you guys that way. I always thought that kind of stuff was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, so there's that, though. I would love to hear, definitely, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. It's kind of absolutely crazy, but um, Damian Lillard, and this is on Bleacher Report. So, Damian Lillard has actually under undergone an MRI after suffering a knee injury versus the Lakers on the day I'm recording this, August 24th. They were... Um, 
They were expecting the best. They feared the worst. And they got the worst. So a Blazers star, Dame Lillard, will undergo an MRI after exiting Monday night's... Or, excuse me, he will undergo an MRI after exiting Monday night's game. The way they explained that in the header made it sound like he already did one. Oh, I guess, never mind, I read that wrong. I do apologize. Okay, I read that wrong. He will undergo an MRI after exiting Monday night's Game 4 against the Lakers with a right knee injury. And, I mean, I've kind of seen the clips of it. They're probably expect. They're probably hoping for the best, but probably expecting the worst. I don't know if they're actually going to get the worst out of this. I hope not, because that would... That's not going to make the rest of this series very fun to watch, obviously, without the main guy. So, um, with he exited the game with just the midway point in the third, with Portland trailing by 29. He was ruled out shortly after leaving the contest. He only had... 11 points on 3 of 9 shooting in 27 minutes, which is probably, is, is, I believe, in only a 25-30% shooting, so not very good. He is averaging 30 points, 8 assists, and 4.3 boards this season. But his floor impact lately hasn't been very well. It hasn't been very good. So... Lillard has become the ultimate catalyst for the Blazers since the NBA returned from a 140-day hiatus due to the virus and turned a middling Portland team into a legitimate threat in the Western Conference in just eight games. Because as you guys remember, in the regular season, before all of this happened, before March, they were playing like shit. I mean, they were doing terrible. Everyone was thinking, oh, they're not even going to make the playoffs this year. And then yet here they are in a pretty much what seems to be a neck-to-neck series, kind of. So, you know, it's it's interesting that things just take a turn like that. And I guess even if the Blazers don't really make it that far out of here, out of the playoffs, I can give them the credit of at least making it and keeping up. So, but, um... So yeah, you'll have to let, I'll have to keep you guys updated on his injury status and uh, what actually happens. Hopefully, the worst isn't yet to. Hopefully, they're not going. Hopefully, the worst thing that they're hoping that they're. How am I gonna say that? Hopefully, the worst news that they could get that they don't want to hear doesn't end up coming true. I again I do apologize for reading this head the this wrong at first that I met I, I did mess that up. Cause at first I thought that the headline had said, you know, that he was he had already undergone the MRI and they already had and they already had um you know his injury, but I ended up completely misreading that. 
So, again, I do apologize. But anyway, guys, that is going to wrap it up for the podcast today. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast YouTube channel as well as actually following the podcast. When you guys use the link anchor.fm forward slash Anthony dash McCulley, that's M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y. Again, that is M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y. I will redo the link. I'll reset the link for you guys. It is anchor.fm forward slash Anthony dash McCulley. So, um, again, hit that follow button when you guys get to that website. It'll let you guys, it'll notify you guys of every single upload every sing, every uh, every other morning. And um, share the podcast around. I definitely would appreciate that. Uh, whoever you guys can get it to. If you guys just want to put it on your uh, social media, friends and family, anything I'd definitely appreciate. So, um, also, like I was going to say, like and subscribe to the podcast YouTube channel for more news as well, as well as the podcast Instagram page and the podcast Facebook page. Also for more news, uh, I will, I did forget to say in the, in the, in the intro that I will be getting a, um, as the, the day that you guys are watching this or whenever you guys watch this, I will be getting a, um, A profile picture for the Instagram page and I will let you guys know when it's up and when it's there so you guys can uh, see it but um again guys I want to quickly say thank you for all the support again I know it's I know it's the same as I always say it but it truly is because of you guys this I again the 350 plays goal that I have that's only because of you guys if it wasn't I only make the content if it wasn't if it's not for you guys I just make the content. You guys are the reason why the numbers keep going up. You guys are why I can have that 350 plays goal. Because you guys keep watching it where the numbers go up and get I get closer. And we get closer to that goal. So I truly do want to thank you guys so much for that. You guys are you guys are going you guys are going crazy and I, I couldn't thank you guys enough. Thank you guys so much for making this dream come true. I've always wanted to make a podcast. Again, I always kind of thought People were crazy when they say, you know, you can make a podcast. I always thought people were crazy when they said that stuff. And here I am five, six months later. And this is happening. And this has been one of the And I could honestly say that this has been one of the best months for the podcast. And, you know, plays wise and just how well it's been doing. So I truly do want to thank you guys so much. I love the support. Please continue that support. I do definitely appreciate it. It does not go unnoticed. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully you guys are still enjoying the content. Hopefully you guys are still watching and listening. I would I'd list definitely appreciate that if you guys are. So, um, but anyway, guys, this has been the Full Court Blitz Sports Show. And uh, that's it, guys. Peace out.